0: Leadership for me is all about being an amazing follower. Okay, let me say that again because it's crazy. Leadership for me is all about being an amazing follower.
1: Is it about following the sun now, or are you
0: yeah, being... exactly that. Okay. We have we have a methodology. Pressure. Well worked out. Yeah, we have a methodology. <laughs> we don't have because you're talking about principle-centered leadership, morality leadership. Yeah. Where does that come from? It comes from a code of ethics set down by Allah already. So our job is to follow that. Yes. Right? Yes. It's not for me to be the king and I'm going to be the one who says how it goes. And this, No, 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 we follow how that goes. We yeah. follow Shura, we follow this and we have ways of doing things. So like my fundamental belief is that anything that is from Islam that allows is halal is good for me. And anything it prohibits is either bad for me as me as an individual or society. So for me, it's like you've got the greatest thing to develop you to who you want to be but the problem is that things like ego get in the way
1: assalamu alaikum and welcome to another TMV podcast brought to you by the muslim vibe as always i'm your host salim Qasim, and this week i'm once again joined by hassam 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 thank you very much for joining us thank you for having me two in a row is big for you i know
2: i've uh, managed to stay in the country stay in the country (laughs)
1: Well, let's jump right in Um, This week we're joined by Muhammad Arshad We are indeed Who um, runs MuslimCEO.com and Muslim Mastery as well He does Uh, We wanted to have a conversation with him about leadership Yes And God-focused, God-centric leadership Which I think is like a very broad thing Can be fluffy it sounds a bit fluffy, but what was interesting is I think over the course of the conversation, we, we, we kind of got quite real. 100%. Um, and We, we and found out a bit about Saleem. We found, yeah, we, we I, I opened up a little bit about the Muslim vibe. It was vibe. a good counselling session. It, it turned into counselling at the end, which <laughs> is when I actually had to pull the plug on the whole thing because it was getting a little bit too real for my liking. Um, but no, it was... Um, some really good insights. Yeah, so, some really valuable insights. And I think... For sure. It's something that I hope that um, Muslims that work, I guess it doesn't even matter. Yeah,
2: I I don't think it's specifically for Muslims. I think in general, what what we were talking about in terms of leadership um, and becoming a leader. Yes, we talk about leadership on that as well. Finding yourself, becoming a leader.
1: Yeah, and I think those are kind of key themes that run throughout. And leadership is one of those words. And and he mentions, I think, on the podcast where he says, you know, no, he didn't, this was before. So he said, he almost talks about, are Muslims afraid of the L word? Exactly. L being leadership. Um, and it is one of those things where it's almost like a, a term that people don't like to talk about.
2: For sure. And they don't
1: like to refer to themselves yeah. as leaders, but exactly. we are all leaders. And I think what you realize hopefully over the course of the podcast is that we are all leaders in our own right. Um, and we all kind of bring something to the table and, and have that role and responsibility throughout. Um, yeah, so again, without further ado, here's our conversation with Muhammad Arshad alaykum Muhammad salamu Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast this week. You're very welcome. Um, so I think let's start with you've done a lot over the years. Um, just before the podcast, we we're just talking about the various bits, and you're just name dropping, and you've had loads mm. of experience. Um, I think what would be interesting to start with Muslim Mastery. Um, so for the listeners who haven't come across that, what is Muslim Mastery?
0: Okay, so Muslim Mastery is an organization dedicated to empowering the mindset of Muslims. Uh, I believe a lot of things happen because of the way we think. And if you can change the way people think, then you can change the way they act. Um, so we focus on really working on that using short, impactful videos. Uh, we've also got courses that we're launching. Um, and we've just been very, very lucky. Alhamdulillah, people have really taken it. We live in a a world where uh, you know conciseness is appreciated. So we've been very, very lucky where, you know, we've had the videos go viral and millions of people have seen them. So Alhamdulillah, you've probably seen one without realizing it's Muslim Mastery.
1: Yeah, we, we have a very similar experience with the Muslim Vibe. Hmm. So we were at the Palestine Expo a few weeks back and sometimes people hadn't heard of the Muslim Vibe. But when they looked at the logo, they're like, they realized. Oh, yeah, I recognize that. I've seen, I think I've seen a video yeah. of yours. They would have on. seen a video or an
0: article or something.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. So, And who who is it that you're trying to target specifically with So
0: Muslim um, mastery? I think it's it's... The younger the better, um, purely because I believe mindset is shifted probably earlier on. Yes. Um, but a lot of our following is probably, you know, under 40. Uh, and that's kind of the target market. But we've seen that people, because of the diversity of topics that we do, people of all ages are really kind of getting into it.
1: You know, it's, it's very similar, I guess, to the Muslim vibe. Again, um, 18 to 35 is the key demographic. Mm. And, and uh, similar mindset in that for us, It's all about tackling or, I guess, addressing younger audiences to make that shift at a younger age. Because the older you get, the more set in your ways you become. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I can completely vibe with that, if you'll excuse the pun a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what uh, What kind of people have seen your stuff?
0: Okay, so our stuff is, like, very, very diverse. So it's got, like, a massive following in India, for example. Okay. Uh We've got people uh, who are Arabic-speaking. They've translated our videos into Arabic. Yeah. I've had people from Albania do exactly the same type of thing. And then we've had, like, really, like, famous celebrities as well. Like, I was telling you that... You know, I, I didn't know who this guy was. My cousin called me up. He's like, you're famous, you're famous. There's this guy called French Montana who's like sharing it. And I was like, what kind of name is French Montana? Like, who is this guy and why is he sharing Sounds it? Sounds like a Starbucks drink, right? Yeah, exactly. So I checked it out and we got this video called uh, 17 Ways of Giving Sadaka," And it's like a very short kind of video punch. He just gives you way after way after way. And during Ramadan, he shared that. Um, so I wasn't that excited because I was like, I don't know who this guy is. And my brother's trying to tell me, listen, he's big. He's like... You know, tens of millions of people out there that love him and this and that. Anyway, it got to the point where Buster Rhymes, who I know very well, basically <laughs> commented. And then I got excited. I was like, wow, okay, this is really, really now, big. Now this is now big. Now this is big type of thing. That, so, I mean,
1: that, that's the crazy thing about social media. We made a video the other week about, um, I think it was Talib Kwali. I can never pronounce his name. Talib um, Kweli. Thank you very that's, much. That was good That's why you're here, bro. So, so he, he, um, he was banned from speaking at, oh, or from, from a, a concert in Germany because hmm. he refused to back down on his um, BDS stance, uh, boycott, divestment and hmm. sanctions stance about Israel. Yeah. Um, and so he got, he got pulled from the lineup. And we posted a video about him, tagged him on, on uh, Twitter, and he ended up retweeting the video crazy to his 1 million followers wow. including okay. some big names yeah and you're thinking fine these big names might not retweet might not engage with the video but they're still potentially seeing this right yeah. so it's just crazy i guess the scope that social media has definitely um it, it's it's a it's a crazy world 100 uh coming back to yourself and what i wanted to discuss i think more broadly with you because you've you've obviously had a lot of experience um even through your business muslim ceo kind of yep. consulting with brands and organizations Um, I was wondering if you could kind of give us an insight and maybe help us because we have conversations in the office oftentimes about about the Muslim community Mm. quite broadly. Yeah. um, And thinking about leadership within the Muslim community specifically. And one of the gripes that I think I kind of have to an extent is that we have a lot of Muslim organizations that are Mm. Muslim focused organisations geared towards. A muslim audience yeah yet their ethos is not necessarily muslim or islamic mm. um and i don't know if 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 that's controversial both of you give me blank faces
2: no no i, I think 100 we've we've had this conversation All right, so before. i'm not i'm not just no no you're okay you're, i'm you're one, talking I'm about something plans, here but uh but muhammad do you, do no, you i want to hear more of this okay, tell me mind. tell me more what you're thinking before you before i you. judge it yeah <laughs> <laughs> no so
1: i i feel like we, we do things for Muslims and I've, I've had experiences and I don't want to name names or anything like that, but I, I meet a lot of people. I've spoken to a lot of people, you mm. know, sat down and had discussions with, and I know people, for example, who will organize events for a Muslim audience because they know they can make money out of it. Yeah. And they're coming in to make money out of that Muslim audience, mm. not because they care about the spiritual, financial, whatever else, um, well-being and upliftment of the Muslim community. Yeah, It's just, I'm a capitalist. This is a Muslim crowd. I can monetize and make mm. money here. I can yeah. earn my living here and I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. There's no actual care for the well being. Mm. Now, I guess the first question is have you experienced this? Have you come across individuals like this? Mm-hmm. Um, organizations like this? Again, you don't have to name names. Yeah. But it's just interesting to know if that's a, a, an actual trend or it's just me and my conspiracy brain.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I think, first of all, Alhamdulillah, I've been very lucky that I've been dealing with. Um, Hundreds and hundreds of volunteers over the last 15 years that I've been in organizations Um, And what you'll find is Muslim organizations are kind of fragmented So in Muslim organizations, you've got these uh, brothers and sisters who are super sincere like they want to do good. Um, they really want to help the ummah. They want to give a piece of themselves. Um, and they do things. Like I'm telling you that there's been times after conferences, there's guys that go back, take a van load of stuff at 2 a.m. they walking things upstairs, putting boxes up and down. This is 2 a.m. in the morning. And they're not getting paid a penny. So in our organizations, we have people like that that are really sincere that are doing what they're doing, yeah. right? Um, and then we have other people who are kind of just uh, trying to do right, but they're not doing a good job of it purely because they shouldn't be in those positions so you know you got the kind of old trustees who were trustees 30 years ago when they first started and they don't know about the world today they don't really know about the challenges of the youth and things like that so they're in positions that they shouldn't be in and then you got other people who are naturally in a different way of thinking like we were talking about the boss here that he will have different pressures to you and I Because the boss is thinking, look, I need to make sure that his salary is paid and I need to make sure this is done. So the kind of pressure he goes through is very different and therefore he's acting in a different way. So one big thing you'll see in Muslim organizations is the opportunity to do good versus fundraising. So we had this in different organizations I worked in, right? So the people on the ground, they want to go out and they want to do the good work. So they're like, let's go do the good work. But the leadership know that it takes money to run this organization. So they're like, let's do a fundraising event. And they're like, no, no, no. Let's do an event for the people for this. And so you got all these kind of conflicts coming in because there's so much stuff going on and we're still at a premature stage in building our organizations. So, I, so
2: how do you think we can reconcile that? The idea so, that what in, in trying to do good yeah. and in trying to make it sustainable mm-hmm. um, as a Muslim orga- organization, yeah, where can we find a balance?
0: Yeah. So, I think one thing is definitely like having competent leaders. You know, anytime you've got leaders who are not competent, you're going to run into trouble. That's first thing but second thing i think is actually having a mindset that we have to grow effectively and we have to grow our economic engine because this is what happens in muslim organizations right you get a couple of brothers they basically say you know what we really want to help palestine so they get together and they start helping palestine they might start raising money or they get clothing together so they start doing the work and what happens is they're doing the operations so operations is now done. Then they know they're handling money and because of statutory requirements, when it comes to the company's house or charities, they have to measure the money. So they go to an accountant. So those two elements, operations and finance and admin, they do very well. But in management theory, we have the third aspect, which is marketing. And marketing is the growth in the economic engine. And most organizations that I speak to, they do not focus on marketing. Or what they do is that they've got a head of operations, who's a director. They've got a finance director, and then you've got a marketing manager. So he's much lower. Whereas marketing, like I come from a sales background. I always tell my team sales solves everything. Like you've got an ops problem, sales will solve it. You've got a people problem, sales will solve it. So building that economic engine, that helps a lot. How, how does sales solve it? Sales solves it. Because once the money comes in, you can solve every other problem. Because a lot of the Muslim organizations today, they're suffering. Why? Because we're still trying to chase our bread and butter to make it work. But imagine if you didn't have to worry about the bread and butter. And that's yeah, what's happened with certain organisations. You're
1: describing the, the perpetual battle that we have at the Muslim Vibe. Yeah. Where, like, so, Hasib... Who you call the boss? I, yeah. I contest that statement. <laughs> People don't know before the this. Boss. He's got he's got a mug that says the boss on it. And so he's suddenly become the de facto that's boss. That's for you. See, I saw that, and I thought <laughs> that's it. He's the boss. Yeah, I need I need a mug on my table that says the real boss. Um, no, so so the issue that we have is that Haseeb as the kind of creative director of the Muslim vibe, is responsible for the creative output. So managing the way the website looks and feels, mm-hmm. the content, editorial, and not, not editorial, but like editing the content, the yes. video, the aesthetics, all of that stuff. My role as the kind of chief editor is to kind of, I guess, manage the content from like a top-down perspective. Mm. And also my role is the kind of financial side of things in yeah. terms of managing the money, making sure that we're you know, paying staff, all of that kind of stuff. Where we struggle, and this is this is the, the thing, is that growth. I'm not a, a businessman per se, yeah. right? I'm not, uh, uh, I, I can't g- grow you know i know there are loads of different ways we can grow it through like a store or whatever else yeah. but we always struggle to kind of think about how are we going to actually because we're sustainable as a project now alhamdulillah yeah. like in the first four years as as and this is a bit of an insight to the muslim vibe for yourself and for, for yeah. listeners and yourself for some, yes we were not sustainable as a project yeah. we were having to like plug money in and plug holes in the boat essentially yeah once we got to that position of sustainability we were like this is awesome and we chilled mm. there for about a year because yeah. we were like you know what we have not felt this yet. Yeah. We're going to enjoy, enjoy this it. Yeah. Because you don't know what's Absolutely. around the corner. Yeah. Then the turn of 2019, we started thinking about, okay, this is good. Alhamdulillah. How do we grow this? how do we now take this to the next level? Hmm. And we've now been looking at ways to kind of make more money because we have our team, we have our office, we, you know, we're paying our rent, everything's good, yeah. but we really want to grow because the more bigger our team, the more we can output. Yeah. And just like you said, I'm just concerned about operations. Mm. I just want to be producing videos, producing content for our Absolutely. audience. I don't want to have to think about, oh God, how am I going to raise an extra 20, 30K so I can hire in someone else who's going to be a assistant, this producer, whatever mm. it might be. Um, and it's interesting because the more people I speak to um, from organizations, big and small, there's this same um, dichotomy, I guess. Yeah. And there's this same internal struggle of trying to figure out just how the hell are we gonna carry on doing what we're doing? Mm. Um, when I, me and Hasib, like all we wanna be focused on is the content. Yeah, because that's what you love doing. That's, that's what, what, what you're great at. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and that's the struggle. So I guess, yeah, it would be interesting to kind of unpack this a little bit more. Yeah. Um, where do you think, or how, How does one break out of this cycle?
0: Yeah. So the first thing is focus. So I was speaking to this massive organization. I'm not going to say who they are, but everyone will know who they are. (laughs) So I I met up with them. Uh, I was giving them training uh, and I basically said to them, where is your marketing director? And they said, we don't have one. And I said, so you're complaining to me about your finances and everything to do with that. And you're not getting enough sales and all this stuff. but Yet you have no one that's focusing on that. Right. So the first thing is realizing that that is as important as the ops director and as the finances, right? So they then actually took a really good job. I was very impressed because usually Muslim organizations takes years to make decisions. Within two months, they had a brand new marketing director, and then they got focused on that. So now you've got a guy whose only focus is sorting out the marketing. So I think building that in is very very important. But it's easier
1: in a larger organization. I'm gonna bounce everything back on infrastructure because that's how I'm gonna think. Yeah. But in a large, let's let's assume it's a charity, for example. In the large charities, they have X amount for their operations. They can afford, they you know, it's not actually pinching to say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna bring someone who's gonna do this, this is gonna be their salary. Yeah. That comes out of the funds they raise. Fine. And obviously, you know, they wanna output as much as possible to whatever their charitable aim is, but at the same time, they have to make sure they're growing, right? For a small organization, I'm sure you've worked with a lot of smaller, yeah. you mentioned, you know, you've mentioned you've know, you been experienced with MYH in the yeah. past Muslim Youth Helpline. Yeah. They're a much smaller entity. Yeah. With an organization the size of, of MYH or the yeah. Muslim Vibe, to, to dedicate that kind of role to yeah. an individual, to even find the finances to put that together, because no one's gonna do it for free. Okay, but that,
0: that's that's where the that's where the problem is. Okay, right? go on. So now you have to find someone to let, do it for free. No, let's take it. Yeah, you do. <laughs> let's take it. Let's take it even smaller than MYH. Yeah. So when I first started selling products uh, online, um, you know, I had to do the whole China thing, white labeling, branding, all that stuff. Who do you think I got to do the marketing? Yourself. Exactly.
2: So reallocating so, resources.
0: So the point is not to get someone to fill the role, but to realize that the role needs to be done. Because I'm saying to you that people are ignoring it completely. So what needs to happen is if I'm opening a new business, this is from the E-Myth Revisited, great book, right? Um, And they'll basically say to you that, look, when a baker opens a bakery, he thinks he's just going to be baking and it's going to be lovely. Chilling. Chilling. But what he doesn't realize is that if you want to bake, you have to go and get the ingredients the night before, right? And then you have to do flyers to tell people. So there's all this work that goes in. So he has to then play the role of ops, of marketing, of admin, all of these things. So what I would say is if you're an organization, you don't have the money for it. I would still, as the boss, say, right, from now on, sorry, son, you are now in charge of marketing. And this is your role. And under this come these responsibilities and you need to fulfill it. Okay, because you're not full time in this role, these are the top five things you need to do regularly. And by the way, you need to build your competency in this. You know, 10 years ago, I knew nothing about running Facebook ads. Yeah. Now I know about funnels. I can generate money from ads and things like that. Yeah. But that all came from what? From learning, from courses, from this and that So ultimately you need to decide And that's why I believe three three core people can change the world Like if you've got three good people in an organization Who are dedicated, who are willing to learn, who are intelligent Then you give them a section each and then you just run with it And then you bring in, for, for, for things like this If you've got a great vision, you can bring in people that will volunteer for you I had one volunteer who's still with me today Alhamdulillah Muslim Mastery, amazing sister she used to at Ayera, she used to give us 40 hours of work per week volunteering. And I'm saying she's top quality in her productivity. Not one of those ones who give 40 hours of work and she takes five weeks to do it. That's like Hassan, basically. <laughs> it's, exactly. This is exactly why like, we're yeah. struggling in the Muslim right? vibe, man. We got the so, likes of the here. So what I would do is I would have a call with her, and people were like, You're crazy. Why are you having a two hour call with the sister? And I said, I give her two hours and she gives me 40 hours of work.
1: Um, that's that's yeah. right.
0: And that's the way we need to be thinking about our time that how can I put one hour in here and get a five X return or a 10 X return. And I'm saying with the marketing side, the first thing I would do is choose one person and say, right, you know, nothing about it right now, not a problem. Go to MuslimCEO.com, get their training and then start from there yeah. on exactly this journey. Because I'm telling you, this is the, I, I feel this the greatest skill and the hardest skill of sales and marketing is harder than anything else. When I was producing a product, we went through all the headache of China and everything. We got the product, I was relieved. That's but then I was, starts. yeah. But then I was like, oh my god, this is actually now the thing. Like even today, if I have no product, I can go to a brother who's amazing at uh, calligraphy, and I go, listen, bro, do you want to sell your paintings? Yeah, I do. Okay, we're gonna go halves. I'm gonna do all the work for selling him. He's gonna be like, yeah, of course. Let's do this. I don't need to do calligraphy for myself. Mm. So this is a very important skill, I think, that we need to learn. And also, this skill is not just about sales; it's about influence, mm. and influence is about people, right? And that's where leadership kind of
1: goes. That's fascinating. You know, it, you're making me think back to kind of when, when, and this is now getting very personal and reflective, but when Hasib and I started out a digital marketing agency before the Muslim Vibe, mm. um, my role was was sales and, mm. and, and marketing. And like, you know, speaking to people, and what was interesting is the unique problem that we had was educating our clients because yes. we had small to medium-sized businesses. Mm. Often, like we started out with like restaurants, yeah. We'll go to like halal restaurants, be like, everyone oh, does. you need a, you need a yeah. Facebook page, mate. Yes. Yeah. And they'll be like, no, why? Yeah. Why don't I? I don't, I'm, I'm selling burgers. Why do yeah. I need a Facebook page? Fast forward like five years, now everyone has to be on social media. Mm. It's like a must, right? Yeah. But we went through this whole effort of having to, like, we had a product. We were good at what we did. That doesn't mean anything. Mm. I want to flip around to you,
2: Hassan. I remember, a, I remember us actually having that conversation about fuck. Really? Four or five years ago, yeah.
1: Were you the burger we, shop guy? Were you flipping the burgers? <laughs> we weren't like, giving him a hard time. Man. I can so see easy. that. It's so easy. Can so I join easy. in as well? <laughs> yeah, bro, please. <laughs> well, Sam usually has a sign on his desk, like, feel free yeah. to just whip me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, that's a bit of a um, No, so, so, like, you know. Um, MashaAllah, you're very skilled. When, Thank you very when much. It, I have to throw him a bit of positive, bit <laughs> That one hour, <laughs> I'm not going to get my 10x <laughs> return if I don't butter <laughs> him up a little bit. No, but you're, you're a very competent and very good, a competence and understatement videographer, photographer. You've uh, filmed the Being Muslim series on the Muslim Vibe, if people want to see your work, um, alongside a lot of professional work that you've done for large companies, whatever else. How did you find. Like once you had amassed the skills and you had got good at your trade, how did you then find going out and getting clients and doing all of that stuff? Uh,
2: well, I think I had a very lucky uh, kind of thing on my, on my side, which is I was born uh, at the right time because uh, going into university was when Instagram first, Instagram, and Facebook started really becoming a thing. And I studied a course which was advertising. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I was very, very lucky, which is in deciding what education I wanted to give myself and the time in which uh, academic institutes started saying, "Okay, cool, we need to take social media seriously Mm. was precisely the time that I was deciding what to do for my dissertation. And so my dissertation was essentially on Facebook and Instagram and marketing. And so, oh, and so luckily for me, while I said to myself, I always want to be a photographer, I said, if I was, if I was going to go to university, I would study something that will help me generate business. Mm. You're a smart guy, um, really. Well, I think, um, should <laughs> to be, sure. be humble. <laughs> 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 no, I think, um, I think speaking to the right people at the right time, uh, organizations that you know um were giving advice at the time and, and to be honest places like the muslim vibe like muslim mastery that kind of stuff i think they should never be underestimated in the power that they can have on yeah. people mm. who are choosing what they want to do with their lives and and i think um and yeah and i was just a product of that so um so yeah so i think i think um that kind of gave me the skills the to basically go out and find the right ways to market myself as as my own business
1: i think just for your sake just to contextualize and for the listeners hosam has worked on campaigns for beats um car company mazda mazda Mazda, yeah Yeah. they're all the same um (laughs) but no like it's until he's done some very serious work and and, and the thing is it's interesting looking at all of this and and thinking about because even there was there was something, I'm not, I'm not sure if we're going to give away your, your little Instagram hack secret. <laughs> Are we doing that?
2: Go for it, go for it.
1: So he, he he thought of something very interesting where he changed his name on Instagram to photographer, videographer in London. So when you search for this now, he comes up on the search ranking. So if you want to find his Instagram, you might be able to find him on there. <laughs> but he's had business driven through that, yeah. Um, which is a very interesting hack. Mm. Um, and, and so his name is then his company, I think. Yes. Well the, the
2: the 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 title name which is what comes up in search rankings yeah i've put as a description of my job and so when someone searches for a photographer i will come to the top because mm. that's not what um instagram sets as the rankings so Genius, huh? so small little hacks and yeah. nuggets of knowledge which is what uh i've found really really good from muslim organizations specifically mm. places such as the muslim vibe such as muslim mastery Mm. That kind of thing. They they do help, Um and and yeah, all credit to yourselves, both of you. Um, Thank you. So nice. To be I feel producing bad for this In front of, of, of him earlier. That, <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right. So 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 back on back on um, leadership because yeah. because uh, this is like we're talking small scale here, even with the Muslim vibe, and I know there are lessons to be learned. Yeah. But I wanted to get down to the crux of this notion of of leadership, mm. um, and God conscious leadership, or yeah. you know. Islamic centric I don't even know If these, these terms are exist Or I'm just making them up yeah. But I think God conscious leadership Is an interesting one mm. um, And coming back To what I, what I earlier Spoke about With regards to Organisations that are Muslim focused And Muslim led But aren't necessarily God focused Or God centric In their approach yeah. Do you see this As an existent problem
0: Yeah definitely I think that uh, The problem is A lot of people A lot of organisations They are not clear On their values um, And then If they are clear On their values They don't live Their values
1: Okay, so sorry, sorry to cut you off. Living their values, I think, is an important thing. Because mm. an organization might have X, Y, and Z as their values. Yes. but the living the values yeah. comes down to the individuals.
0: No, yeah, exactly. So I'll give you an example. When we first uh, did our values as a company, this is the way we did them. We sat down and we did the marketing style. What would our customer like our values to be? Okay. Right? That's how most people do it. But that's completely the wrong way. Yes. Why? Because your values are supposed to be an expression of your own values. Yes. Right. So then we sat down. We said between us partners, there's three main partners apart from the staff, and we said what are the values we all hold. So there are some shared values. So for example, my partner Fessel, um, he wears yellow jumpers. He has a different fashion values to me. I would never wear a yellow jumper, right, or a pink jumper. Right, I'm not that comfortable. Yeah, yeah. But when it comes to thinking about, uh, we have this one value which is we over me, where we basically care about the collective more than we care about ourselves. So when it comes to that value, we share that value. So when it comes to picking the values, we get to the bottom of all these values and then we have to live our values. But what happens with most people is they get their values on a strategic day, write it out and then it's gone forever. What we do is, for example, I had a call this morning with my team and we have a section called values, living your values. So every single Monday morning, all of us three have to sit down and give an example of which of these values we excelled in in the last week right so now we're thinking back last week of these values which one we did we do we live the most and so this week i was like last week was a get it done mentality why because we met up at 8 a.m for this brand new course we're doing for some organizations about growth we set up started at 8 a.m planning the agenda and like 12 one o'clock we finished and then i drove to coventry to drop one of my partners off and then drove back so i'm like our value is get it done no excuses it's done Mm. so i'm like that's the value we lived last week so I'm saying it's not just about having these values nicely written out. It's about getting to the real values first and then putting systems in place
1: to ensure, to ensure
0: that you're living your
1: values. That's deep. That's very, very deep. Good but news no one sugar. does it. No one
2: does it. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why do you think they don't do it? What, is it, what is it that holds... Um, and I'm guessing you're talking specifically muslim organizations yeah muslim, muslim, i mean Both. even
0: even the non-muslims i've got to tell you like working in a sales organization um uh, sales is cutthroat every month i would see people walking out the door right um and then what would happen is they would do things like hpoe high performance operating environment so they had high standards and one of their main things within hpoe was living your values so they said these are our values as salespeople we need to make sure we live them So even the non-Muslims, they're like doing this. Why? Because they know deep down, this is numbers, this is corporate. No one really cares about selling photocopiers. Mm. So we have to create that value where they do it. But with our organizations, it's different. People do really care about what we're doing. We do care about the Ummah. We do care about Muslims. So we should be doing that even more. But again, people, people don't understand the power of these things if you implement them. Most people will say, oh, values, that's all fluffy. Why? Because you do it on a strategy day and you put it away. But if you're living your values every week and you're hiring and firing on your values then your team is different like the culture you have right now is based on the people here so if i have in my company like i say think we over me if i bring on someone who's me over we Mm. that person's going to be a disaster for the organization so if two people come on like that or three or five or ten suddenly the culture becomes me over we So you have to hire and fire on values. So now we're talking about values. Not only do we do it on a Monday meeting, but when we're hiring and firing, we do psychometric testing to understand what kind of values these hold. And that comes before their unique ability. So he's a great photographer. It doesn't matter. Does he hold the values we hold? If he does, then we look at his ability. But we do it the other way. We're like, oh, he's a good photographer. Bring him on.
1: Let's just make it fit.
0: Let's just make it fit. Why? Why would you do that? You're going to ruin your culture.
1: That's you I'm yeah (laughs) you're out man sorry we got incompatible (laughs) values it's made my job easier no No, but i I think this is this is really interesting now now here's the question we have large muslim organizations in the community and when i say that i'm sure everyone listening is thinking of a different one right think of a large muslim organization yeah the heads of these organizations i've met multiple people some of them i think are absolute gems some maybe not so much right how can we i guess change the culture of a of an organization mm. if the leadership is not geared in this way and I, I my worry sometimes is that like we almost as you know Muslim organizations will cherry pick muslims who are in the corporate space and be like mm. oh well he's successful yeah he's a managing director of god knows what mm. and he's also got a beard yeah therefore live let's 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 chuck him in yeah how do we change the culture within Muslim organizations?
2: And I, I do empathize with Muslim organizations because as you just said, that that sales environment is very cutthroat. Yeah. And for Muslim organizations, they they believe they have hold the values yeah. not to be that way. But like, So So how how do you have the um the cutthroat mind wh- while still being very um yeah. Where's you know, the where's the balance? Where's the balance? So yeah.
0: so for me, one thing I gotta say is that um you know, leadership for me is all about being an amazing follower. Okay, let me say that again because it's crazy. Leadership for me is all about being an amazing follower.
1: Is it about following the sun now, or are you
0: Yeah, being... exactly. That. Okay. We, have, we have a
1: methodology. Well worked out. Yeah, we have a
0: methodology. <laughs> we don't have, because you're talking about principle-centered leadership, morality leadership. Yeah. Where does that come from? It comes from a code of ethics set down by Allah already. So our job is to follow that. Yes. Right? Yes. It's not for me to be the king and I'm going to be the one who says how it goes. and this, No, no, no. We follow how that goes. We yeah. follow Shura. We follow this. And we have ways of doing things. So like my fundamental belief is that anything that is from Islam that allows is halal is good for me. And anything it prohibits is either bad for me as me as an individual or society. So for me, it's like you've got the greatest thing to develop you to who you want to be. But the problem is that things like ego get in the way, mm. right? So I'll give you an example. I'm not going to say which organization again. Say it. <laughs> <six points>. oh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Open space, man. Just say what you got to say. Don't worry about it. We had a situation where the leadership are saying to me, we are going to make this decision. Like, let's say we're going to join this other organization. Today, the Muslim Vibe is going to join another Muslim organization, yeah. right? And I'm saying, listen, guys, to the leadership, this is wrong. This is wrong for X, Y, Z reason. From like a
1: moral perspective or No, no, no. I'm
0: just saying business organizational wise, our values are not aligned, all these kind of things. It's a bad decision. So all this time I'm going on this propaganda thing where I'm trying to convince the leadership it's wrong. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, the leader, he knows that I'm the biggest guy who's making noise. He sits me down. He goes, listen, I heard everything you said. I've decided that we will still join with them. And I said, you know what, bro? I'm a hundred percent behind you now. Tell me what you need to do. So in that moment, my position was shifted. So from now, I was like, I'm now 100% going to be the guy that's going to make sure this works. Why is that? Because leadership is about following. And my Amir has now said, this is the direction we're going in. Mm. So for me, it's like, that's it. That's the only direction. And in his decision is barakah. If my father says something to me, I might think it's wrong. But I know there's barakah in his decision, even though it's wrong. So then I switch my mindset and I go out to my whole team and I go, listen, this is what we're doing and we're going to make sure it's successful. And then we go down that route. But that's only because in that moment, and I don't always do that, in that moment I put my ego to the side, I put the objective better and I know that my Amir, even if he's less competent than me, if he's made a decision, I follow it, there's barakah in there. Now it turns out that it was the wrong decision. He says that even till today because they broke up, it was all messed up, it was pain. But it doesn't matter because that was a test for me. Mm. The test for me wasn't giving them advice The test was When it got to the crux of the matter Were you with him Or were you not with him Because if you're not with him You're against him And he's your leader Going in that direction
2: Again What do you need from me Salim <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but that's, that's it isn't it Because yeah. if the ego came in yeah. It's like
1: what's wrong with this guy He doesn't know nothing Can watch how this goes wrong This reminds me Like, of, like on a different scale But like I'm, I'm uh, Trusting my local mosque and went in, um, met with one of the uncles who's been there for time working in one of the departments there um, in like the, the AV team specifically. And he said something very similar to this. He said that, look, when we're making decisions, you guys can come at me and say, we're going to do X, Y, Z. And if I say, look, I've been here for 50 years. I know what's going on. Mm. We shouldn't do it because of, and he goes, I will fight you. I will fight you until you make, and he goes, I will fight you until you say, nope, we're doing it this way. He goes, then I will do everything to yeah, implement it. Exactly. And I respected that yeah. so much because he was like, he was like, look, you guys, you're only here for a fixed term. Our, our community, we've got, you know, elections every like two, three years. Yeah. So there's new teams coming in. Everyone's got ideas. Everyone's young. We're like, yeah, yeah we're gonna do this, this, this. And the the civil servants, almost of the community, of like, we've seen this all right. Mm. And what, when he said that to me, I had so much respect for him because mm. I was like, you are, you, you believe in 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 your way of doing things. Fair enough. Yeah. You've got more experience. But he, but. That element of leadership and I guess being a follower is is remarkable. And I think that's a very powerful thing.
0: But why is it powerful? The reason it's powerful is because if everyone acts like that, you get the one ingredient you need more than anything in leadership, which is unity. Yes. So everyone then goes, right, I'm fully 100% behind you. Now, if you're a leader who's got 100 people and all 100 are 100% behind you, you're going to do amazing things, even if you make mistakes and make wrong decisions. Yeah. But if you got those ten people who are sitting in the corner saying, "What's wrong with Sanim, man? He just, he's just, what's wrong right, with him?" He's the boss, man. He's right? got the cup, not me. <laughs> yeah. you know? So what's what's wrong with him? Why 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 is he doing this stuff? Yeah, you know. So, and that's why unity is so important. And and then you know, once you get to that level, then you'll see amazing things happen in the organization.
1: I think what's interesting again is that everyone is involved in a team in some way shape or form Mm, everyone has a role and it might not be that you're part of a muslim organization Mm. it might be like a voluntary organization that you're working with you know your your local mosque whatever it might be these dynamics are at play even in friend circles almost these dynamics are always at play absolutely and and i think like when i'm listening to you i'm always i'm constantly thinking about reflecting on my own experiences Mm. and that there are so many instances that i can draw upon where i'm thinking actually you know maybe i should have been I should have fallen more in line. I should have been more mm. united. And and you're right. I think that the the most destructive thing that I've seen um, is the ego. Yeah. Like 100. Yeah. And and that's something where like again, uh, you know, drawing on personal experience between myself and Haseeb, we have a very ruthless way of dealing with each other mm. because we take the ego out of it. Yeah. So when when I record a podcast, there has been times where he's just called me and be like, that was an awful podcast. Mm. He's used much harsher words. But <laughs> he said, that was an awful podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it will hurt. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll, I'll my, my instinct, this is the interesting thing. My, my ego, my instinct will be like, no, 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 you're, you're an awful person. Yeah, yeah. Like literally, that's my response. Yes, just yes, lash out. Lash out, yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. hit him back. And then he'll be like, no, no, I'm being serious. Like, let's chat about it. And then we'll talk and he'll give me constructive feedback and vice versa. What we found is that in the, within our team, sometimes when we deal with people in the same way, they're unable to understand it because the ego gets in the way. Yes. Um, and I can say this because the person I'm thinking of is definitely not going to listen to this. He doesn't listen to the podcast, which is quite funny in a small team. <laughs> but they'll always they'll always find something. They'll never say, actually, you know what? You're right. And they find it very difficult. They're very resistant to take on feedback, constructive feedback. Yeah, And it's ego. It's all ego. Mm. Um, and, and that's, I, I mean, I think that's fundamentally it. And again, probably the, the question is for you where does this rank in terms of and what are the other kind of pitfalls that people have when it comes to organizations and leadership and all of these things i know ego is huge i would yeah. rank it at number one yeah would you do the same yeah.
2: and as part of that question we love um, doing three questions at time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, <laughs> ready. yeah. as part of that question is how do you try and educate and train people that you work with yeah. to take on that trait which is yeah. Following when you need to follow.
1: Yeah, actually, so it's just to add on to that, this is what happens, because then he asked one <laughs> after this. Yeah. Just add on to that. Like in a position where we've brought people into our team, right? Yeah. You have an office culture, you have a culture of, yeah. of, of the organization. But then it's difficult to find people that will vibe with you. Um, at the Muslim Vibe. Mm. Uh, and, and that's always really interesting is like how to get people, because sometimes there are little things and sometimes you can work on a person's ego and you can have conversations and get them to understand that look, yeah. this isn't about me versus you. It's about getting the work done and about the maximum possible output. Yeah. Um, like uh, just to jump in with a quick example. So we had this one intern back in the day at the beginning of the Muslim Vibe and we, we were making a video which ended up going viral Piers Morgan tweeted out, Sami Yusuf tweeted wow. out. Like he went big, like big yeah, viral, yeah, yeah. right? BBC Trending got in touch. They wanted to share it. It really? was like a spoken word piece um, in response to ISIS okay, at the time. Excellent. So it was like, it was a you know, really, really nice piece. The intern was a video guy and he was working on it. And Hasib was like over his shoulder, breathing down his neck, like change this, do this. Hmm. This needs to change, this needs to happen. And Hasib was very meticulous. And so this guy didn't fully appreciate and understand why Hasib was so fixated on the details. Yeah. The next week, when it went viral, we sat him down. We were like, "See, bro, mm. like, do you understand?" Yeah. And then he was like, "Okay, yeah, I get it now. I, mm. I understand." But at the time, he was just thinking, "I've done my bit. Like, why is this guy so so? Like, why is he why is he just so bothered? You know what I mean? Like, I, like what's what's the problem here?" And again, that's I think that's ego, right? Mm. That people aren't able to to, I guess, take on criticism, feedback, whatever else. So yeah, coming back to, to all of this, I can't remember your question, I remember mine, um, which is where, where does ego rank yeah. in terms of all of this? Yeah. And what are the other pitfalls that people experience within Muslim, non-Muslim, any organisation yeah. So let me in give, the leadership dynamics? Yeah,
0: Let me give you a, a recipe for leadership. Okay. I'm going to make it very simple, very easy. Uh, I've got to say, me personally, like the way I fell into leadership was just like a joke. I, I just fell into it and realised, oh my God, I'm a leader. Like, what the hell do I do? got no idea what to do, right? So... Um, this is a very simple formula I think if you're the leader of the car park Or if you're the leader of the country I think this will work for you Very simple So the first thing It's called I rest Which is the opposite of what leaders do They do not rest, right? So I rest So the first thing is I is for intention So any leader needs to set What the intention is What's the vision? What's the destination? Where are we trying to get to? It's very important that you're clear on vision And where you're trying to get to Because that's what everyone else is going to latch on to Right? So that's for the I the R is responsibility. The Prophet said, every one of you is a leader. Every one of you. So you listen to this right now, you're a leader. Your wife's a leader, your husband's a leader, everyone's a leader. So, what is a leader? It's all about responsibility. That you take responsibility for getting to that destination, right? That's ultimately last man standing. It's down to you to get them there. So, after responsibility, the, sec- uh, the E is for example. Like you got to lead by example. You're asking, how do I get people to do that? The way you do it is yourself. So for example, when it comes to timekeeping and stuff, I'm very like particular about timekeeping. So when I used to work in Aira, I would go mad at people that would come late. But imagine if I go mad at people that come late and I'm late every meeting myself. That's insane. It would never work. So you have to lead by example. Why? Because it's about integrity. Integrity is your actions and your words are whole. Right, so them being the same. If there's ever an issue with integrity, trust is lowered. When trust is lowered, then the relationship becomes weak, and therefore action becomes weak. So you know, example leading by example is so important. The next one is service. So actually serving. You know, there's uh, Simon Sinek. He wrote um, Start with Why. A very famous guy. He wrote this other yes. book called Leaders Eat Last. Yes. You know, and ready. whenever we had a wedding, like we used to have weddings in Northwest London, you know, the Sangam Centre down the road and all oh, this yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. My dad used to be in charge of the tables. And you know what? My dad was the guy who ate food after every single person had finished eating. Because he was the leader. And that's what leaders do, right? They they serve the people and they eat last and they eat the they eat the crap food and they eat the cold food and they eat the food that's left over. So usually this no thing, meat at that point. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The kebabs are usually gone, right? Yeah. And all, all the good yeah. stuff, the samosas. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So Hard so, so this, this whole element of service, yeah. this is critical. And that's how Prophet was as well, right? And then the last one is taqwa, coming back to actually Having Allah hold you accountable Because you know a lot of people think That power corrupts Like you're a normal human being Everything's fine Power you got it You know they say power has gone to his head Because you get it And then now it's like Oh my god I'm in power It's different when you're in power So at that moment That's when taqwa needs to come in Trust of Allah needs to come in When there's no finances And you're thinking How the hell are we going to get through this It's Allah that's going to get you through it So for me if you can align these three things Which is intention, responsibility Example, service and taqwa that leadership will go to another level.
2: I think that was pretty much nail on the head in terms of answering his initial question about God-conscious leadership. That is, yeah, yeah that's pretty comprehensive. You, you, this is, yeah, you don't think of that on the spot, did you? No, I, wish, <laughs> I wish
1: I was you like made up an acronym as well. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah, yeah I, just, I just did it right now, right now. <laughs> oh, this is something
0: I've been looking into for, for about like last three, four, five years. Yeah. Um, Like the different elements. But like I said, I just fell into leadership like a joke, so.
1: But I, I think the funny thing is like, I found myself in a very similar way. And, and I, I'm conscious of the fact that I'm reflecting a lot on, on the experience that we've had through the Muslim Vibe mm. because it's very relevant towards leadership. So like with us, Haseeb and I, we ran the Muslim Vibe alongside our day job. We had our own business. We had the mm. marketing business that we ran and then we were plugging in the hours. Wow, amazing. Once we got to a position where we were like, actually, we need to hire someone. This is before the money was there. There was taqwa involved. Mm. Right. We were like, go ahead <laughs> <Absolutely>. provide, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. But once we hired someone suddenly you've got someone looking at you going what do i do now yeah what do i do now yes okay um how do i do this and all of a sudden you can't just it's not like you can't just fob them off Mm. you can't be like oh yeah just figure it out it's like yeah they they work for you now yeah and and also the, the office culture is important yeah how i'd speak to hasib is important so like every now and then if me and him need to have harsh words we'll go in another room yeah because We can't let our staff, we can't let people working for us see that dynamic necessarily Mm. because it's not healthy because we're both seen, because we're both um, co-leaders or whatever, you know, managers, whatever. We're in charge of everybody else. And so like even the dynamic between how people relate to me and how they relate to him is important. Mm. And we've learned over the last couple of years, we've learned so much just by experiencing. Like we've made mistakes where we've got to relax for example In our relationship and in our interaction with our, our team And suddenly they don't respect you With the authority mm. that you need at times Yeah, When you need to turn the screw They can't just laugh it off right mm. And so again Like when you said that you just fell into it Almost as a joke same Like it, it was almost like a reflective thing Where we were like oh crap Now we are leaders mm. You know how how does this How does this happen Yeah, But what I realised as well is that in in our kind of interactions like i said earlier in our interactions with people in every dynamic like you go on holiday hosam you just got back from holiday you go with a mate malaysia where didn't he go is the question went to turkey (laughs) malaysia amazing he jumped i i I told you this before he jumped on the muslim vibe podcast then like disappeared for six weeks and now (laughs) he's back apparently we'll see for now but like when you go away (laughs) you have this situation where whoever you're with there's a dynamic so like if it's you and one other guy i'm i'm the kind of person where i'm just like you know what i tell my wife you tell us where we're going i don't care what we do today i'm just here to chill Mm. she'll then set the agenda okay we're going here we need to do this i'm the one that has to put out the wallet and pay for Mm. everything but that's the dynamic we have um (laughs) but when it comes to like again in those situations i've been on holiday with multiple people with friends and like you see dynamics at play you see people that are followers you see people that are leaders and the followers Often are leading just as much mm. By not saying Oh no no guys Let's do this And creating a rift And yeah. having a whole thing um, But it's interesting right Like I'm sure you must have experienced
2: that 100% I think the interesting thing is Going back to what You were saying about The Muslim vibe as well yeah. Is I think uh, Most people in organisations Who join Or start a business Or Go on holiday With the idea of I want to Do something Rather than I want to lead End up finding themselves in leadership positions and i yeah. think that's why going back to what you were saying is that people don't come in equipped with the skills to lead. and so, you don't plan it you don't plan yeah. it you fall into it
0: and and this this is the thing right like the reason why basically i went to limit pakistan for about two years when i was 15 crazy time to go in Pakistan why because this was like 1990s yeah so I'm a big Liverpool fan I needed premiership results what did I do I took this thing called a pen and I took this thing of paper and I connected the two and I wrote a letter to my cousin and so six weeks later he would get the letter and then he would draw up a little premiership table at the top and then he would send it back to me. So about three months no. later, I would get the, what's happening in the premiership. And it's already three months gone. Because there's no internet. <laughs> there's nothing. Right? This is how life was for me, right? Wow. So I'm living in Pakistan like this. I go there. I go to an English medium school. Uh, and I think these Pakistanis, what do they know about English? So I go to the school. And I think I'm going to take over the school, basically. Because I know English. I'm from England. They were Pakistanis. Obviously. I go yeah. there. I fail everything year one. Except English and geography. Failed everything. So that was not like big humble pie, Et it all. I learned how these guys are working in terms of their mindsets, the way they were kind of behaving, like really top level kind of guys. Came back to the UK, 17 years old, got no qualifications, right? So then I go into college, they're like, you can't do GCSEs because uh, you haven't failed them. If you fail them, you can do them again. Otherwise you go back to school. I'm like, I'm not going to school. So I joined, I get into this BTEC thing and I do GMEQ business. They used to call it going nowhere very quickly. That's the wow. guys on the course who about self hating, right? They used to be on the course and call it going nowhere very quickly. So, anyway, I get into that. I cruise through uni. Alhamdulillah, I got off first, very easy going, right? And I did nothing at uni. And then, right at the end of uni, I remember there was one Ramadan, I was going to the huts where they would serve the food. And there was this brother who had a massive box of chicken in his hand, right? One of those big boxes, which is packed with two piece and burgers. And he's holding it and he's struggling. And I'm watching him. And I'm looking at the people waiting inside the hut for the food and I'm watching that guy on his own lift the food. And I'm like, look, all them man's in there, they're all there to eat. And that's where you're going. And that guy out there is the only guy who's out there for them. And at that moment, I felt like a loser. I was like, what the hell have you been doing for the last few years? And so that that regret, that kind of failure, it pushed me to then go, that's it, it's over. Now I'm gonna take the gloves off basically. So what I did is the next year I was out of uni, but I came back to uni and I helped to do exactly that same thing. I was helping with the food arrangements because I didn't know anything, right? I just said, I said to my brother who was in the uni, what are you not doing for food? I don't know, let me go help. I went and helped. And when I went, cause I was so filled with regret and all this stuff, I worked my socks off. And these guys were like, that guy's working really hard. You know what? You look after this stuff. And then they were like, you're the leader. I'm like, what? I just came here to help. What do you mean you're the leader, right? So you can see even though it's negativity, it's failure and a lot of people listening, they might have been through a lot of crap and they're thinking, I've never done anything in my life and this and that. The answer is just get up and go and give to someone and you'll find you get so much. For me, like all of the good things that have happened in my life is because I gave for some reason. And the ROI, the return on investment with Allah is crazy. Like I, I, some of my best friends are because of volunteering. Some of my best friends are, are some of my uh, work, my dream job was because of volunteering. I met my wife because of volunteering. Everything good in my life, Alhamdulillah, has come from giving. So if there's someone sitting here who's thinking, these guys are talking about leadership, they're crazy. What am I going to do? They need to be thinking, you know what? Even if it's just getting up and giving one hour of your time for the sake of Allah to someone, it will make a difference.
1: For sure. (laughs) InshaAllah. Again, uh, every time you speak, I, I'm, I'm deep in thought. And then I, I have to kind of comment on what I've been thinking about. Coming back to Hasib, um, we met volunteering. We met, we were working on a community project together. No financial incentive, mm-hmm. nothing. Off the back of that, we both saw that we had this kind of interest in digital or whatever. We started up an agency. Wow. Then we started up the Muslim vibe. And now mm-hmm. here we are.
0: Imagine if you didn't volunteer.
1: Yeah, I, I would have a lot less on my plate right now. <laughs> <laughs> I would be a lot happier. No, 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 man. In, it's? It, but that's the thing, the right? thing about the impact. Like just by, by you doing that volunteering, it's crazy. The Honestly, amount, it's the crazy. The millions
0: of people that have been impacted by your work.
1: Like what what's 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 mad about the Muslim vibe in particular is that we've had like almost eight million website visitors. We've wow. reached. What, 350 million people on social media, Oof. crazy numbers. Crazy. Numbers. But I was in, I was in uh, Canada, in like Montreal, I think it was. I can't remember where. Um, and we went to like there was like a little um, community kind of gathering. I can't remember what exactly it was. And and I was invited there and I spoke for like five minutes. Some sisters came up to me afterwards, and they basically said, "We we love the Muslim vibe. Like we read it every day. Like we go on your website every day. Wow. And I was like, it's crazy." That in some dingy... And at the time it was dingy because our office was a lot smaller. Alhamdulillah, mm. it's a bigger, nicer space. But in some dingy office in Northwest London, we've managed to reach people on the other side of yeah. the world that I would never interact with, never meet. Yeah. And that's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. And again, as you say, all that comes down to, ultimately, this one act of of volunteering once upon a time in my life. Crazy. Mad. This is... Yeah, this is this is mind-blowing. But you see, again, my my frustration. And I think, you know, when... When we, when we had the initial conversation about this, and I said that I wanted to talk about uh, God-conscious leadership, this is what I had in mind, in that I feel like there almost isn't that element of trust, that people don't have that trust. They just think corporate. They just think the only way to get things done is corporate. Mm-hmm. So that's how we're going to approach our Muslim business. That's how we're going to approach our charity, our organization. Yeah. And what I think you know, Hasib and I have done over the years is like, Alhamdulillah, we've had success in what we've done, yeah. but it's never been for the sake of success. We've never done it like, oh, we want to we be like the, the biggest players in the game. Yeah. No, no, no. We, we wanted to create something that we have benefit to the community. That's yeah. ultimately what it comes down to for the Muslim vibe. Yeah. And to an extent, I think, Alhamdulillah, we've seen those results. Yeah. And, you know, we have our, our own human flaws. Naturally, everyone does. But I just feel like when entering this space and when I've been in, in conversations with people about advertising or partnership opportunities or whatever it might be
0: yeah
1: oftentimes I've seen that good nature and I've seen that kind of moral compass when it comes to how people deal with us and and it's it's on so many levels it's on a human level when you interact with people how you talk to them basic akhlaq right and and that's one thing that for me is the biggest barometer even when it comes Mm. to sheikhs as well yeah of course this is what I always use right Mm. I, I believe when it comes to sheikhs little digression here two things Akhlaq, and then how many years they've studied, like you know what their qualifications mm-hmm. are. Absolutely. Yeah. But if they fail the akhlaq test, yeah. it doesn't matter what they've learned, because they haven't applied anything. Mm. Akhlaq is like madrasa Absolutely. level stuff. Yeah. All right. So whenever I'm interacting with people, regardless of status, who they are, who I am. How they perceive me Vice versa mm. If there's that Lack of basic Akhlaq And basic decency Yeah And even like It might not be me It might be how they reply To the, uh, the waiter Waiter Exactly You know those yeah, little things Definitely They're huge And we had someone On the podcast recently That was talking about You know if someone Is disrespectful to their mother Yeah Right Just think about how They'll be with you Exactly Yeah, Because um, your mother is the closest person to you that loves you unconditionally. Mm. Everything you might have done to your mother, yeah. she still loves you, yeah. right? Imagine you get close enough to this friend of yours who's your mate right now, and you get to that point of like, you love them unconditionally, anything they can do. They will not treat you right if they're not treating mm. their mum right. I think that's such a profound Absolutely. thing. So so akhlaq for me is is key, right? Mm. Um, and then and then, as I said, for, for a sheikh qualifications, but for yeah. individuals, then it's about, I guess, like what they bring to the table and how they bring it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think also like, You know, the akhlaq is so important because you're talking about basic things like integrity. Now, let me me tell you a situation we're going through right now. This is a real life situation. So we had a client who was a non-Muslim company. Excuse me, they were a big company. And what happened is a new buyer came in. So a new buyer came in and the buyer said, hey guys, we know we were using you before. We don't want to use you guys anymore. By the way, I think it's because I refuse to shake her hand because you're non-Muslim, right? But anyway, um, so she basically said, we're not going to use you anymore. And we said, that's fine. There's a three-month notice period. What do you think she said?
1: No, No, we're not going to honour it.
0: She said, no problem. That's fine. Three months later. Thank you very much. Very good. Done. Now, I'm dealing with a huge company in Jordan. I'm talking big brand. Any Jordanian will know the brand if I say it. Okay? Air Jordans. The Muslim company. (laughs)
1: That was a
0: joke. (laughs) That was a good one. Air Jordans, no? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mo- moving on, sorry. So we're dealing with this company, they're a Muslim company, and even the brothers in there yeah. are like practicing, all your class for practicing. So we now got to a situation where they're saying, look, we wanna now bring things in-house because we've seen how you do, we wanna bring it in-house. We said, no problem. They said, can you help us bring in-house? We said, yes. We said, you got a three month notice period on your contract. They look through the contract, they see it and they said, we're not gonna do this. I said, but it says the buyer agrees three month notice. He said yeah but you didn't say there's a penalty for not doing this So now who do I want to deal with Do I want to deal with the non-Muslims Or do I want to deal with the Muslims Who, who? Like I'm trying to tell myself All about the Muslims You know Barakah this that the other And the Muslims are the ones who are saying No I'm not going to honour this because there's no penalty And the non-Muslims are saying to me Okay Bismillah you can have three months
1: Integrity yeah
0: Integrity Right but Base
1: that, level Yeah
0: And it's not there But for me when I see a situation like that What do I do Instead of saying oh these are losers this and that I then take that opportunity to look at my own integrity. Because for me, there's two types of people. When things go wrong, they'll go outside and go, he who, who's this. to blame? Yeah. Who is to blame? Apart from me, who's to blame, right? And then there's others who go inside. And so for me, when I see that, that lack of integrity, the first thing I said to my partner is, look, they're looking to break the agreement. How are we going to make sure that we keep our agreement, whatever our agreement is? Because the change starts from here. Mm. It doesn't start with me trying to change those leaders in those organizations. If I change myself and I sort myself out, that's the start of that change. You're never ever gonna be able to change those guys. So it starts with you yourself changing, you know?
1: Yeah. That's hard.
0: It's easy to talk about those guys changing, but actually changing yourself, that's a little bit more challenging.
1: I think there's there's definitely a, a reality check to be had for everyone. Um, whatever level, however, conscious you might consider yourself yeah as you said i think it comes down to the examples when someone says something i've had interactions with writers for example mm. where we've we've had like an internal communication issue and 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 the writer has come back without knowing what's going on and just thrown accusations calling me a liar this and mm, that wow okay and and obviously like i the way i respond is often like i'll I'll wait till all that internal anger dies down yeah, yeah, yeah. And then respond in a very measured way And explain the situation And then in the end I got an apology saying Oh I'm sorry I didn't realise yeah. Right. But what, what I think gets me is that Why do I negatively suffer in that moment Because I remember I, finally, if I was at the mosque when I got that email And I, I could not listen to the khutbah I couldn't listen to what was being said mm. I'm just fuming inside I'm going through every email Proving to myself that I'm not a liar I knew I wasn't a liar I knew I hadn't tried to cheat anyone that wasn't my intention, and it never has been, right? But because this writer had come at me and been like, "You lied, you did this," all of a sudden, like it, it just changed my internal state, and it took me a while to kind of. Okay, let's
0: let's get a bit deeper. Why did it change your internal state?
1: But uh, okay, well this is now counselling. Right? We can, <laughs> we'll stop the clock here. We'll, we'll start the next. <laughs> Why session. did it change your state? Be, because like for me, being called a liar is a big deal. Okay. Like that really gets me. If anyone mm. accuses me of lying, it like it. it yeah. Flips the switch. So this is, this is the interesting thing. Am I right? being interviewed now? The, <laughs> yeah.
0: The, the way you kind of described it was that um, this was like a negative thing.
1: What was? Him calling be... you a
0: liar. Yeah. Right? That was a negative thing.
1: Yeah. But it, it, that's
0: what I mean. Okay, but hold on one second. There that's a negative thing, right? Yeah. It could be that that's an opportunity.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? So for example, let's say someone slaps you now. You now have an opportunity of a number of different options. you can stop for some, by the way. You don't yeah. know, no, no, no. I going to do the <laughs> But w- what I'm trying to say is that <clears throat> I believe with every single thing that happens to you, there's an opportunity there. Yeah. And there's a test there. And if your standards are high enough, then you can actually earn from that. So you're sitting there, some idiot has called you a liar. You can earn from that. But in order for you to do that, you have to raise above. Raise above what? Your ego yourself. Yeah. Because if you raise above Imagine your son comes to you and says Daddy, you're a liar like, You're not going to take it in that same way Why? Because you raise yourself above And so when you're sitting here as the leader And he's just some guy who works for you mm. You have to raise up 10 notches higher Right? And go, look, he's a bacha, He doesn't know what he's talking about It's okay
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Right? And the way I'm going to deal with this Is a way that Allah is going to be proud with me Why? Because I believe you have to have amazing akhlaq with people
1: so I I don't. That's can, what you did, yeah. But it was, yeah. I doubt but it was being you burning way. inside in that moment, that's and that's okay. Thing. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. No, but even that, I think we can transcend. Yeah, I think there can. comes a point where you're impenetrable. Yeah, right. Why? Because
0: it's just it basically it's the story that you tell yourself. Whatever story you say about that thing is how you will feel. So if you tell yourself a story, like for example, you know when they when there's a story of the man uh, weeing in the masjid.
1: Right? I haven't heard this one I heard so, this Sounds one. interesting though yeah, ma- I'm in no, Let's go me this, this. Let me yeah, hear this I see okay. you tuned in as
0: well <laughs> <laughs> So So there's, there's basically a, a man He comes in A Bedouin yeah. And he goes And uh, he's in the masjid And he just goes And takes a leak in Goes the masjid. for it Yeah Now yeah. you imagine In your local masjid If that happened I'm telling you In every masjid in the UK They would get up And they will beat There'd that be guy There will be slippers Flying yeah. around So same thing With the Prophet The people around They were wanting To go for this guy And the Prophet What's the first words He said This This boggles my mind First words, the Prophet ﷺ said when he saw a man urinating in the masjid is, let him finish. Now, think about that response, bro. Like, nice. that, that mind-boggling response. Because that's what you do with a child, isn't it? If a child was to wee, you're like, look, he started, just oh. let him finish now type of thing, yeah? Me, I'll be like, stop, stop, stop. What are you doing? He was like, let him finish. And then when he finished, he like told the, told the Sahaba and everyone, look, chill out. And then he said, you know what? Wash that place. And then he said to the guy, This is not the place for this. This is a place for prayer. Now, think about what happens to your story of when you see that. So most people, when they see it, oh, this is a non-Muslim, he's disrespecting Islam. How are you going to feel? Angry, upset, frustrated. Prophet what do you think? He might have thought something like, this guy doesn't know. So how do you feel? You feel pity for the guy. You want to tell him what happens. So the story you tell yourself when that email comes in, Mm -hmm. that's going to affect the way you feel and the way you react. So it's all about telling ourselves better stories when these situations happen, even if you have to lie to yourself. Like there's times when I know that guy's an idiot; he's wrong. But I'm going to tell myself a better story. Why? Because I'm the type of guy who's going to tell a better story rather than disempowering myself.
1: Anything to say, Sam? Powerful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I, I. I think it's It's a good place to stop before you start interrogating more about my my own, <laughs> my own psyche um, but this has been fascinating yeah, it's been great um, to be here it's It's been what I've hoped and more in terms of being able to look at this because I think it's almost like an unspoken thing mm. um looking at Muslim organizations, looking at leadership, god consciousness, taqwa as well mm. like how often and i hope I hope the case is very often, but how often do in muslim organizations people talk about taqwa in their meetings mm. talk about god in their meetings beyond saying inshallah mashallah, yeah, alhamdulillah, yeah. which is almost like negligible now like it doesn't mean anything mm. right but i think it's so key that people start thinking in this way and in fact you know we just had a meeting with some brothers that were talking about um looking at being able to bring this element and this side of things like you know dealing with uh, employees and how to deal with them in a in a positive way from a spiritual perspective yeah. not from like a business management perspective that that's all about just making sure the ego and the self and these guys their egos are massage but actually yeah. looking at spiritual spiritual upliftment and making sure that you've got this like nice environment that people want to work in and will thrive in mm. i think what's interesting is that as i see it and it makes perfect sense but if if, if a business is islamically aligned if that makes sense then they should have material success at the same time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They should get the most out of their For employees. Sure. They mm-hmm. should have the best business deals. They yeah. should, because they're so honest, they've got so much integrity. Mm. They've, you know, they've got all those kind of leadership qualities that people are attracted to and want to work, work with. Yeah. Um, so and I just wanted also, to go on.
0: There's also a thing about growth, right? Because <clears throat> I think that one of the things we need to do is make sure that we're growing. Yeah. Because if you're growing, you're getting better as a leader, you're getting better as a person. So I remember like, when I used to uh, work in Xerox, I had a 45-minute drive to Uxbridge. Um, what I did is I was basically trying to get away from music, right? And so anytime you want to get away something, you've got to replace it with something. So what I did is I replaced it with audio because I was in love with audio. So on the way to work every morning, I was doing 45 minutes of like Islamic lectures. And on the way back, I was doing 45 minutes of non-Muslim audiobooks about business and transformation, all this kind of thing. So for me, I'm saying that everyone should be focused on continuous growth every single day. Mm -hmm. And everyone should be working on mastery. So, for example, Sam is a photographer. You know, the only way he's going to become a masterful photographer is if he does it every single day. He's always on it. His whole mind is aligned to doing it and everything. And he's in love with the process of doing it, right? Can you imagine, would you be as good as you are if you did photography once a year. Even once a month, of course not, right? It's because you continuously do it, you iterate, you make it better and you keep going and you have this passion and you have desire. And this is the reason why you choose a strength, choose something that you really love and that you're good at already. And you just grow that, grow that, grow that, grow that, till it becomes to this place where you can go and help others to another level. And that's what he's doing now, sure.
1: I think we should end on a positive note about Hassan. Well done you're thank smashing you. it thank you thank you very much thank you very much <laughs> but no thank you again for for coming in this is well, this well, has genuinely well, been really interesting and I, I think these kind of conversations and i hope that you know this is stuff that you i know you, you it's stuff you are doing yeah through muslim mastery through a muslim ceo and i hope that more businesses more organizations more charities start thinking in this way definitely because i think ultimately the only success we can get is ultimately from allah um but it's also i think Thinking and working in Allah's way. That makes sense. Where
2: where can uh, young people find more of your words and you sharing your knowledge?
0: So anything to do with personal development of any kind, uh, MuslimMastery.com or Facebook or Instagram, all those things, Um, and anything to do with organizational development, business development, it's MuslimCEO.com.
1: We'll put the links in the description below. Um, But thank you once again. Great, (laughs) JazakAllah.
0: Thank you so much.
2: A very insightful conversation with uh, Mohammed Rashad. Um, how how did you find that, Salim?
1: So uh, yeah, that was full on counselling, bro. It was,
2: wasn't it? Um,
1: no, I, I was I was literally thinking the whole way through the conversation because um, I I do feel very passionately about this subject area. The whole way through, I was kind of reflecting on on my own kind of journey. I don't see myself as a leader or anything like that. Yes, but. I think people need to acknowledge and appreciate the fact that we are all leaders in some regard. For sure.
2: Be especially it- especially um, when you find yourself in a position where you, you have to either hire people or in, you're in an organization where you have to delegate tasks yeah. and that kind of thing. I think um, you do have to consider yourself a leader.
1: And, and I think when, when you're doing something, like you know my, my personal example is with the Muslim vibe, when you're when you, we've been doing this for like five years now, yep. people look to us as industry leaders of some sort for sure so then obviously you know that the way that we conduct ourselves the the advice that we give people whatever it might be it becomes measured and and is important and i think it's crucial that people um take that quite seriously
2: yeah and i, I mentioned it in the podcast that you know people don't don't go to school for leadership when when um joining companies when starting businesses you know yeah. they they feel like they want to you know address a task uh set something up help a community um, rather than oh I'm going to be a leader what are the skills and the traits that I need to, to be a good leader and so yeah. and so I think it, it's always important to, at some point look at and reflect on where you're at and um, the leader the leadership that you do hold and how you can um, do it better no for sure and once again Hassan, thank you for being in the country long enough
1: thank to you. allow us to do another podcast together thank you for letting me back in the office <laughs> it's been it's been a it's been a pleasure um For those of you listening, as always, please do subscribe and give us a nice rating on iTunes, on Google Podcasts, wherever it might be. That kind of stuff goes a long way. Um, But ultimately, yeah, subscribe and maybe even grab your friend's phone, grab your partner's phone, your parent's phone and just subscribe from their phone. You never know, one day they might listen and think this is the best podcast in the world. That's the dream, is it not, Hassam? Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you very much. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.